This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks here with a amazing cast of characters, as always, with Kara Sismadia from the Canadian Camping and RV Council, Mr. Daryl Buza from Modern Campground, Editor-in-Chief. I am at a hotel in Campmore, Alberta. We're trying to see if I can actually have good quality audio and video for one week here. The production value of the show, as Kara pointed out backstage earlier, is just absolutely amazing. We have no idea. I have no idea what we're doing. Everybody else does. But super excited to be here with you guys. We're going to talk about all things glamping today. Going to go around the room here, let everybody introduce themselves. But just a quick reminder, we are available as a podcast after the show. Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those kinds of places. If you're watching us on one of our many Facebook pages uh, that we're broadcasting live on, feel free to drop a comment in the chat and we can ask your question to any of our panelists, guests here, uh, and get you guys involved in the conversation. So let's just go around the room, have everybody introduce themselves. Mr. David Course, would you like to start us off? Well, it is David Course. I'm one of the editors of the President's Show coming to Colorado in just over two weeks. Good morning, Ryan. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, David. Mm-hmm. Welcome, David. Yeah, whoever wants to go next, please go ahead. I feel we have presentation. Nobody, we have to actually provocate. Are Mike and Ann on here or are they still in problems with their audio? No, they're there. Mike and Ann, go for it. Oh, I spoke to maybe can't hear them. No, I can, but I can like now we can. I thought we could. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Amazing like production value here we've got going on. Let's go with Edward from Dewar Tenton. Hey guys, uh, I'm Edward, one of the partners at EJH Distribution, and I'm here representing Dewar Tent out of the Netherlands today. Welcome, sir. We really appreciate looking forward to talking about your your products and, and the things that you offer. And then we've got Ruben from the American Glamping Association and 10 other things, I think. Hey, everybody. Uh, Artinus, among some other things, I'm a founder of Glamping Hub and the American Glamping Association. And as I like to say, I talk glamping all day, every day, so very happy to be here and thanks for having me. I feel like there are worse jobs, Ruben, than talking glamping every day. Yes, so. I always dream that one I'm scared to death the day I have to get a real job. So uh, yeah. that's what that's what I keep expecting to do. But I've been doing it for 10, 11, 12 years, however long it's been going. So <laughs> I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping it continues. Really excited to have all of you guys here. I think we want to start off, Kara, I believe, with Mr. David Course. He's got a really awesome Glamping Show USA that's coming up here at the beginning of October. Uh, I think the 5th and 6th, David, is that right? Awesome. The pre-show workshop starts on the 4th, so 4, 5, and 6, yeah. 4, 5, and 6. I was at this show back in 2019 when the world was normal and glad we're getting back to that and we can have more in-person shows. I uh, did attend the virtual one last year, which was great as well, but obviously uh, super excited to be back, shaking hands, eye contact with people, stuff like that. I wish I could personally be there. I'm stuck in the great white north in Canada. But David, tell us a little bit about your show and some of the things that you have lined up for people. Sure. Nobody's talking 
face to face again, and we are. It's been a long two years since we were part of the Yellow Ball from 2000. For those who were with us in 2018, I guess the things you're going to see that are different. Uh, Pre-conference workshop I just mentioned, where we are organized sponsored by the American Grounding Association. Google uh, has a bunch of alternative level marketing speakers called Global Business Basics. It's really designed for people who are new or relatively new to the marketplace an overview of all things global business from 1 to 4.30. Monday, the one evening while still East Tender, AJ is hosting a reception in Lazy Dodd Park Hall. Down the street, to which I understand basically everybody's invited. Although we're going to be there Tuesday, the regular conference program starts. We have eight sessions over two days. It's great speakers. Conference program was really fun for last year. We've got more than twice as many people registered for the conference this year. Amazing. In 2019, we'll stay with the theme of more than twice as much. The expo component happily has grown to more than twice the size it was in 2019. The indoor exhibition space is sold out. We're selling more space. We're not going to open up copy. Our outdoor space is three times the size it was in 2018. We had over 50 structures, and we're going to be there. Had a couple of local translations from companies in Europe. You can't get on the world to find the states in the current situation. So there are a couple of people that have to drop out, all because they can't get it. Even though we saw some challenges. Getting product and his team to the states from Canada. So, more than twice the size of the expo, more than twice the size of the conference program. It should be a great place to meet folks, to network with your colleagues, and to just celebrate. Global is no response to how we your job. We're all be bro. This is this is interesting to me, David. Right? Because glamping is a buzzword. Well, it's much more than a buzzword now. It started off as a buzzword and, and it's, I feel like it's quickly gaining popularity all over the world. Like we're covering with modern campground and Daryl knows this, like glamping is a word that's being used in Australia and Asia and South America and Africa and everywhere. Like it's glamping and it's just continuing to, like it's in its infancy still. So tell us, David, what, like for the people who are familiar with the campground industry and all those kinds of things, we've obviously got like Arvix National Show, we've got KOA Show, we've got Yogi Show and some aspects of those naturally touch on glamping, but what really sets your show apart is the dedicated must see show or must attend show for glamping specifically. Well, I think you just said it, Brian, thanks for the commercial. I think all of all the other <laughs> come from the perspective of the audience. So the other show is from the perspective of the association, what they're trying to do in terms of resources and education for their members. KOA is doing the same thing all along. We're the only ones I think but we're just unaffiliated with anybody else. We're just attacking and covering the whole phenomenon of global or whatever you will call as it relates to the luxuries of the tourism sector or around the world and particularly for our world through the Americas. As Edward mentioned a little earlier, he's getting ready to leave for the UK tomorrow or the next day because the global show in the UK opens later this week. So look what we do and in the UK, parts of the Middle East, we're covering the office, and in the world these days, we'll have other things that cover other parts of the world. What about the globe? Does more more if you're part of an association, you have education that we think will help. And it just focuses on this particular sector. More than the wrong, can't ground or be part of everything outdoors, and so many other events and October. So, 
just a little different perspective. I think there's some opportunities. All of it is excellent. It's just you just come from a slightly different perspective. Uh, we're trying to be Switzerland here. We're trying to be the little whole objective with all of those two interested in one sector or geography. Awesome. Yeah. Again, I wish I could be at your show. Looking forward to being back there next year. Just that uh, travel thing is keeping me from being there. But and I know we'll talk more about your show or, or your conference as we continue to go through this chat here in the next few minutes. But I do want to move on to a couple of our other amazing guests that we have here briefly. So we've got Ruben Martinez from the American Glamping Association. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ruben, but I think that for somehow, this is the first time that you and I have ever been face-to-face, either in a Zoom or virtual or anything like that. And I feel like that should have happened a long time ago with the great things that you're doing in the glamping world with glamping hub, as you said, the American Glamping Association. So maybe start by telling us glamping hub is consumer focused. So tell us how did glamping hub come about and what is the goal of that? And then we can move on to the association. Yeah, we started uh, glamping hub about man, almost 11 or 12 years ago now, and there wasn't really anybody focusing on glamping within specifically the United States couldn't really find an easy way to find information about good places to go, information around pricing, or even just to book. And so just early and decided to create a listing website that allowed people to look at glamping operations and to book glamping sites all over the world. So we you know, transacted in over a hundred countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada are big markets for us as well, and in Europe as well, but 70% of what we do is here in the United States. So. It honestly started because the information was fragmented and nobody could really go out and find this type of outdoor travel and information to book easily. And honestly, this is the way that I like to travel. This is my preferred uh, method, being able to be outside in the uh, you know great outdoors, but have a certain level of comfort. At that point in time, I just thought I can't be the only one in the world who wants to travel like this. And, and so that was the uh, birth of, of Glamping Hub. I feel like you've proven that to be a true factual statement now, instead of just an idea that there were other people like you. I know Glamping Hub is a tremendous amount of success. So I'm just looking forward to seeing that continue and evolve. And like, how do you place yourself in the worlds of the Airbnbs? I obviously, I know there's a difference. You're focused primarily on glamping in the outdoors, Airbnb, just like the conferences, Airbnb has some of that, but how do you see yourself in that kind of landscape next to the Airbnbs and the Expedia's long-term? Airbnb, for example, always be focused on the apartments and city centers and those home sharing and booking.com will be focused on hotels, but our focus and we believe our, our graves value is that we are providing a just direct focus on just this outdoor, unique travel and glamping and therefore can have campsites. We're not going to have hotels. We're not going to have bed and breakfast. We think that we're confident we know from over the years and the, over the decade that we've been doing this, that this has, this will continue to grow at a rapid, you know, rate. And to your point earlier, you know, as you say, the word buzzword, since we've been doing this for over a decade, every, since the beginning up until today, I've been hearing how people say, is this a fad? Is it going away? How long is it sticking around? But we've been having that conversation for over a decade and every year has been tremendous growth. And so we just believe that if we focus on, you know, this very specific niche within the market, that will continue to add a lot of value to our hosts because 
our guests who go stay at that Airstream in Joshua Tree or the Treehouse in California or the Safari Tent in New York, they are specifically looking for this type of stay, right? They're typing in glamping accommodation near me or Airstream rental Austin, and that's how they find it. So we will let Airbnb do what they do, and they're very good at what they do, booking.com as well, and we'll continue to put our heads down and just focus on providing unique experiences for people. Hearing about, oh, sorry, Brian. Oh, go ahead, Kara, please. Yes. I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about the association and its background, how it got started, how old it is, what your membership base is like, those kinds of things. The, the association actually just started as a side project between actually the uh, founder of Under Canvas, one of the largest operators here in the United States, Sarah Dusik and I, to help standardize the conversations that we were receiving on a daily basis, people asking questions about insurance or how do I get a loan from SBA? What kind of you know, structure should I pick? And so we decided that the industry at that point in time years ago needed an association that would help provide tools, resources, a network, uh, a community to people who are actively going through this process over the years and definitely over the last two years specifically. There has been a development boom that we haven't seen ever in this space across shops, across large hotel groups, institutional investors. And it doesn't matter if they are the person who's well capitalized with $500 million in the bank or somebody who has 20 acres, like they put one or two units. It's, it could be a tough navigation to get it permitting done, ADA accessibility, picking, should I be doing food and beverage? And so. We help anybody and everybody in the space get to their version of their finish line. And there isn't really, this isn't the hotel world. This isn't uh, vacation rentals or apartments. It has a very distinct asset class, a very distinct checklist. And so we're just here to help people along their journey and get to their version of their. Awesome. It's amazing. That sounds. Go ahead, please, Kara. No, please. I already cut you off once. It's your turn. <laughs> no, and that's part of what I was going to say, actually, as we talk to, this is really conversational. I know we've got a lot of guests on the show today, but like happy to have David or Edward or Mike and Anna, if they're audio working or whatever, jump in, ask questions of each other as I'm talking to them. We really want this to be conversational. Like the interviews are great, but we really rather have you guys jump in and talk about anything you want to. But yeah, the association, like all I keep hearing are good things about it, Ruben. And I, I've I have a side bet with myself that Randy is not aware of, but I'm going to just mention Randy Hendricks' name like every show until I can't anymore, just somewhere <laughs> slide it in there. But he keeps <laughs> telling me about these amazing AGAs that actually, I think there's one probably going on right now during our show. And Randy was on it and he was telling me just how great these calls are for communication, for bringing the group together. So tell us a little bit about that benefit of the association, Ruben. Yeah, the way that it was set up, because this is not our, we've got a great group of advisors, uh, a great member base. And the best way to, to think about it, it's really for the people, by the people. It's one of those where it's not just industry leaders or it's people who have just opened up their lamping operation, who are giving real um, life context to situations that will help people get to their version of their finish line. And so it's not a guidebook around here's the four ways that, that here's the five steps that you need to follow. It's really people helping people. It's people right. been there who have done that, who have learned hard lessons, who have made a bunch of mistakes, who've had a lot of success and everything in between. And so 
it's, it really is a, a network and a community for people to say, listen, I don't, I, I know I want to do this, but help me along my journey. And it's real people helping other real people. And it's not a, like I said, a checklist or a guidebook. And we have versions of that, but when, for example, purchase 75 acres and maybe raise a little bit of money and you need to jump into this, you can do a bunch of Google research and, you know, read a book or figure something out. But at the end of the day, it's great to talk to people who've gone through it and who've experienced it and who can give you context. And so I think that's the best way to explain it. It's people for the people, by the people, uh, helping uh, other people get to their version of their uh, business plan and their success. And so I think because it's driven by a great group of um, members and a great group of people who just know what it's like to struggle through a new business, and they're all entrepreneurs in a way. And they, because somebody most likely has helped them along the way, they're very eager to turn around and help other people. Because part of it's just a compounding effect of would love to help you out because somebody helped me out. And when we can do that, especially with the amount of development that's going on, it really just helps everybody. It, it's the rising tides uh, theory, and, and it really is true with what we're trying to do. And I think the best thing, you know, that we see is that early on, before we started the association, quite a few people just couldn't, they would give up, right? They didn't have the tools, didn't have the resources. It was too hard. There's always a million reasons to do it. And so... We're, we're grateful that because of our great advisors, because of the great member base, people don't feel like that's an option for them anymore. They have a vision and they're able to accomplish it, which is really exciting to see all the great new every day, every week, there's a great accommodation, a great resort, a great property that's going up that is just different and unique. And that's what's exciting about this industry is that it's not cookie cutter. There's no cookie cutter yeah. version of what we do. Are you seeing your membership demographic shift with time or is it typically that small business entrepreneur that owns some property and is, is going down this road or are we shifting to start seeing more institutional or corporate? Maybe I'm hearing about hotels, transitioning space to, to, or adding space with glamping units and things like that. Are you seeing a shift? Yeah, there is definitely no one demographic, no one description the amount of institutional capital that's has gone into space over the last two years. It's not a million dollars here, a million dollars there. It's hundreds of millions of dollars at a time into projects. Um, so it is definitely large scale institutional capital. It are it's hotel groups that are looking to diversify because they got hit really hard this last two years and they want to make sure that they're class and their product offering is a bit more pandemic proof, if you will. It is the person who inherited five acres. It's the person who wants to have 10 or 12 of these operations across the United States or even globally. It's the person who's straight out of college. It's the person who's trying to retire. It's the person who side hustle turned out to be a lot better than their day job. Uh, right. And it's a literally, there is no one club graphic and that's really the cool part about what the glamping industry does provide in the outdoor space is that you do have to have a level of kind of vision and uniqueness but it does it does gravitate you know towards anybody and everybody there is really isn't one description which is one of the great parts about the industry and i think that's a big part of why it's not cookie cutter 
is we have this really broad range of demographics contributing from all walks of life and all kinds of amounts of dollars backing projects and things like that really contributes to the industry being super diverse and unique. And that's obviously such a big benefit to our industry compared to a lot of similar. Right. And we, through the booking platform and Glanton Hub, we get to see on a daily basis what people want, what they don't want. Sure. And at the end of the day, it is a unique and, and experiential-based travel entity in that if people want predictability or a bit more of the same, they'll go to a hotel because the hotel is maybe what you're going to get. You maybe make your decision based off of, is there a continental breakfast or proximity to where I'm staying or is there a gym? But with lamping, the difference is that really the accommodation is the destination. And what's different is that they book the stay first and then they book everything else around it afterwards. Oh, look at it, Airstream, though. It's this emotional decision of, look, I can see myself having a beer or a glass of wine with that sunset. And then I can go wild fishing or I can go rock climbing or hiking or mountain biking. And they book that first. And then behind that, they take a step back and say, oh, crap, how do I get there? And uh, no, we right. need to book a car or a flight, and which is a completely different um, mindset than any other travel in, in hospitality. Yeah. It's really changed the perspective of, of our guests, which is incredibly cool. It, it just makes for an, a new experience, which is sought after by so many of us. Well, and it, it's opened up a lot of new opportunities, right? And so there are, as glamping becomes more widespread, as more people adopt it, as more consumers flock toward it, there are naturally a, a need for suppliers like Edward, who's on the show, to fulfill some of these needs for unique accommodations, unique experiences to help shape that. Yes, there's the airstreams of the world, but there's all kinds of different tents and yurts and teepees and huts and all kinds of things. And so, Edward, tell us a little bit about what your company offers, how you got into it, where you see your role evolving to. Oh, okay. We're a distribution company, essentially, and um, we represent a couple of manufacturers out of Europe that didn't have anyone here looking after them when we got going. Our main two being Duard, um, which is a company that's over 70 years old. Their main principles around groundbreaking design, exceptional quality, lifelong dependability, and then, of course, another key word that's kicking about, sustainability. So Duard control every aspect of their manufacturing process. And they are also mostly tents and structures, and they are made from cotton, aluminum, and then wood source from sustainable source of areas that we work with is uh, called creative structures. Now, when we first started talking to David, we were hoping that we would come to the glamping show with, with every product that we have under the sun, but sadly, because of the current global situation, we're just not able to move around that easily. But what we really try and do is talk to people that are starting these resorts and build them some custom to what they want to have. We have a set range of products that you can choose from, but we want to be the company that people come to and say, I'm here. I'd like this. Can you do it? And we want to be the company that says, yes, I'm not actually that far away from you, Brian. I was in the mountains for a weekend. I'm now back in Edmonton, Alberta. So okay. what we're trying to do really as a company is get out there with brand new to North America and show people that, you know, you, there are alternatives to the products that are out there. And also there are companies willing to make something for you custom, which is us. Yeah. 
Where are your manufacturer facilities? Uh, so at the moment, Deward and Creative Structures are manufactured out of the Netherlands and Europe. And there is a very strong possibility that within the next 12 months, both will be moved to here in Canada. Yay. Oh my gosh. I have so many operators really looking to support Canadian-based manufacturing yeah. businesses. And I have a hard time finding good matches. So uh, <laughs> I, I am a champion of that. Please do that. You know, this is this you, Ned ordered. When you or if you move the manufacturing here in the next 12 months, then reach out to Kara and I again, and we'll come up and tour your manufacturing plant, maybe do a dedicated show on it. I think that would be really yeah. interesting to see how some of that stuff is made. Yeah. yeah I mean, what? I'm in Calgary, Edward, so, so nearby as well. So we can. Oh, wonderful. Uh, the word stuff is it's handmade. It's made by people. It's not plastic. It's made by machines. It is people sitting in the warehouse and creating this stuff by hand. The Duard in Europe is a very well-known brand. And I know that in the glamping world, Dutch companies are held in a very high regard. Mm -hmm. It's just given Duard a few years to get everything geared up to a stage where they want to move abroad, but they feel pretty strongly about when the time comes, shifting the manufacturing and cutting out the middleman, which is the shipping. I don't know who's dealt with shipping recently around the world, but it is an absolute <laughs> nightmare. It's area. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And also, let's be honest, its footprint on the planet is awful. And we're trying to build products from the earth for the earth. And the whole idea is that these products are sustainable. You can replace every single part of them and they last for a lifetime. So that's where they're very forward thinking. And that's, I think the direction that a lot of good manufacturers are going, they are moving towards, let's do things more locally. Let's try and create products that last forever. Duard are very unique in the fact that they, they own the whole of their manufacturing process. It is all made in the Netherlands from the cotton wow. to the canvas, to the wood, to the aluminium. So we are also in a unique position where we can be very competitive with products that usually are significantly lower in cost and that would. And we're more sustainable doing so. So we see ourselves, we're brand new to North America. We haven't got much of a footprint here whatsoever. And we're really excited about what we can achieve. That's fabulous. I really think consumers are shifting their buying habits to be more conscious about sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. I really commend, commend that stuff. That's right. You know, incredibly valuable to, to members. Yeah. Makes tons of sense. And ever on the design on, oh yeah, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Daryl, please. Sorry. I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to comment on the design perspective of Dewar. They look fantastic. Yeah. I love them. I, I, I just have to say like the big oak tent, it looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think and to think that it's sustainable and to think that it's sustainable, that's just icing on the cake. That's great. It is. The origins for us are back just after the second world war where people couldn't really afford to go anywhere. And that is yeah. a saint from the Royal Dutch Navy that created the Dewar tent. So we were very much campground based, um, an absolute staple across campgrounds in Europe. And, you know, we do actually have in many ways, a bit of a cult following in Europe for our camping products, because right. it really ends that you will have for a lifetime. And then basically all of our designs were a bit weird all the way through then quirky, different, and that's <laughs> that we stand by. If it's going right. to come from hard, it has to look different. We do have. Geodistic domes, but even our geodomes are, are very different to the other ones that are well, out there. Whenever our guys, um, 
are developing something new, they're basically given full creative license to, to build something that looks completely weird. They want to, <laughs> in the hope that people will love it. And the bigger right. is an example of it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I want one. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. You can share if somebody wants to pull up the website. I, I was trying. It wouldn't let me. Okay, I was trying to. If we get it up, we can share that because, yeah, again, more inspiration, the more things can do. Like these are the type of stories, like Ruben was talking about the AGA and getting it, Randy likes to use in the trenches as a phrase that I've stolen now and, and using it for myself. But telling the stories of the owners and operators, telling the stories of the suppliers, what makes them different, where these things are sourced from, why they're sourced there. I think those are important stories that I know I would like to highlight more either on this show or on Modern Campground. And so maybe we'll try to connect you a little bit after the show, Edward, with Daryl, if you're interested and see at least how you can get us your press releases and things like that. But brainstorm some ideas about how we can help uh, expand that reach for you and other manufacturers too, just to tell yeah, that. Yeah, I that'd be fantastic. There are, there are so many fantastic manufacturers out there. There really are. And yeah. because of the growth, growth to echo Ruben, the growth in the market is ridiculous. So there's plenty of work to go around. And I, I know being in Alberta and, and Brian and Curry, you'll be able to echo this. I've seen people up mountains that I have never seen walking before. They, it has been so busy in Alberta this summer and last summer with people wanting to get out. I just, I can't see it slowing down. I really can't. Elk Island Retreat, just outside of Edmonton, is fully booked for the next two years. They've got four, four cabins and four domes. So it's something that I really think it's going to be, it's going to just keep growing and growing. Yeah, I agree. If, if there's one good thing that's come out of this whole pandemic situation, it's a greater appreciation for the outdoors, for being in nature, for being one with uh, that environment and your natural surroundings and stuff like that. It's a, like, I'm in a hotel right now. I'm going to flip my camera around. And also, I think like, we're sharing the, how do you, the DeWalt's law. Yeah. How do you legit not appreciate that amazing view and want to be like, yes, there's a hotel here right in front of the mountain, but... I'd much rather be in a tent up on that mountain, like a luxury glamping thing. Halfway up the mountain in the middle of them trees, like to walk out and have your coffee there uh, and have that kind of experience would just be, I don't think you could beat that. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah, no, for sure. Gee, the unit is so cool. They're very different. And, and that comes in different sizes. That That would sleep up to six people, but you can also shorten it if you'd like to. And the... The great thing about these is the only thing that will perish over time is the canvas and that is completely replaceable. The other thing with Duard is we have, you know, we actually did it before Patagonia, if I'm being honest with you, if the tent gets damaged and it's canvas, you ship it to us, we fix the tent for free, we ship it back. Um, so it's another service that we do offer and that's something that we will probably get going in Canada before the manufacturing moves. But the hope is that in the not so distant future, we are busy enough here to justify bringing the actual manufacturing and creating jobs in North America. Whether it makes more sense to do it in the States or more sense to do it here, we're not sure yet, but it's definitely something that we are aspiring to achieve in the pretty near future. Exciting. Is this a good time to tell people what they call seed to win? David and I started speaking about six, seven, eight months ago, and we were hoping to be representing Duard Creative Structures and Tubo at the Gramping um, Show USA. Sadly, our other two European partners couldn't get product to us quick enough, and they also weren't able to travel. But we already had equipment for Duard in the country. So we are coming down with our Duard inventory. And then our hope is that things have gotten a little bit easier and we can bring everything next year. Yes. Awesome. 
here's what we need, David. Uh, we need like pop-up glamping show villages that travel the globe and you can have people interested in buying them or staying in them and starting their glamping businesses. So you can have the main conference in October, but like maybe once every two months or something or quarterly, just a pop up, like a pop-up glamping village that shows up on a Bermuda Island somewhere. <laughs> we can all come stay there and have beers together and sit by the ocean and talk about buying all that stuff. I can answer. Yeah. Aloha. Lovely. I can answer. Yes. Introduce yourself. Tell us. Oh, we're nomadic. Hence a lot of Jews running around our little <laughs> relocated to a library hacking. But yes. And we're avid glampers. We wrote the first book on living in North America and which oh, ended up pretty wild. Pretty wild. Uh, we've been traveling for 10 years. We cr- quickly realized this is the best style of, of life lodging travel experiences you have so to hone in on that having to like every stuff fancy hotel the normal campground and we just fell in love with glamping and we love this community amazing so for those of our, our audience who don't know you are familiar with honey track tell us how did you guys get into this in the beginning what's your origin story did we lose them or is it just me i think they're we've lost them shame okay. Internet. David, maybe you can give us this info. It's health religion. Sure. And this will this, this be wrong or, or really simplified, but if you want to go or what to retire, I'll tell you or yours is in the Glavic. Hey, no, 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 well, the honeymoon, well, that was about a little years ago, we'll have yet to return. It was all the groping salt, the groping salt, the groping salt. So, loudly battle, what we were doing, or the book they mentioned they published. So, we're 150 paper pulses. They have been to Europe now, or to it. Just about everywhere we can go. And the best example I can think of are social media influencers for people who just started doing something. For the world of it, it turned into the top for a living cell hustle. This is turned into the world. So they go from place to place and talk about and share best practices and help people understand as operators what they can do to attract people. Go to a radio session for us to the lead speakers in a couple of weeks about the guest experience. And this little global is about it's the experience more than anything else. They become passionate and expert about it. So, you know, they have about a zillion followers on social media, and they share about the little It's a little call themselves honey trap because it's the trap they're taking in the right wing, which looks like it's never going to end. And so, you know, we're forgetting the wrong story with this impromptu spontaneous story. We're in a lot of did a couple of years ago. They were supposed to stop and see home. We'll get another glass book and even a glass of warm old world. Wow. Crazy the expectation. Do, do we have him back? Hey, okay, we heard some. So David did a great job of telling us how you got started in the industry. Not sure how factual a zillion follower has on social media, but a lot, I'm assuming, is a good thing. And so congratulations on that success. Thank you. Right about three on social, so pretty Don't good rally. Cool. Cool. So before we chance maybe visit you again, 
I'm sorry. I think we're just on a delay. So I don't mean to definitely, I don't mean to cut you off. So I'm going to say one more thing and then shut up and let you talk and hopefully we'll get you. But tell us like how over the course of 10 plus years, how has your journey evolved as far as glamping goes? And as you see more of these companies, industry suppliers, people running glamping operations, both big, small, medium size, whatever, on different places, has your journeys and has your travels changed? It's funny because when we we wrote the book about glamping, the word like social distancing didn't exist. And it's amazing how in the past two years, that was a secret benefit of glamping we even think of. Of course, we love the outdoors, <laughs> fresh air, running wild in the before, but who knew this would become such a value for people who didn't even know about camping or glamping. They all knew that they were going to, they needed that space and that escape. So that's really been interesting to see glamping evolve. And one interesting way it has, and we love, for us, like the places we chose for the book were really not about the fanciest glamping experiences, but the places with heart. People were really like, Owners that were following a dream and sharing world with guests. Can you still hear me? It's amazing. And so, the, but then with the pandemic, that's an interesting challenge because I feel like that personal touch is now like a little bit taboo. People have gone a little away from, let me show you around and we've hugged. How many living owners have we hugged at the end? Because it felt like a personal experience. So now we're navigating how to make these experiences personal while still respecting personal space. Uh, and I think sure. there's a way to do it. I think that's an interesting challenge evolution of glamping. And another thing, asking about like how our journey's changed, how we've seen the industry change during the last eight years that we've been glamping around the world is now since the pandemic, and even before the pandemic, this was starting that people were recalibrating their lives. They were thinking about the owners. From the owner's perspective, they were thinking about getting out of the rat race, getting back to their land, getting a deeper connection with basically with their land. And they thought glamping was a good way to bring some revenue. And now with the pandemic, that's just increased two or threefold in people thinking, hey, I'm done with the cities. I'm back on my parents' land. Let's set up a glamping camp. We've seen a lot more of those pop up, which is really exciting. And yeah, we love working with those kind of camps to help them capture because a lot of them don't come from hospitality. They just have a plot land and they think, hey, for a couple grand, I could put some tents here, put it on hip camp and I'll make lots of money and be a glamping camp. So uh, it's always exciting to visit those people in their very nascent stage of development and help them build a real connection with their guests and, and just build a proper glamping camp. Cool. So how does what you do fit in with how, with what David does, with what Ruben does at the American Glamping Association? You mentioned consulting and helping people with through the development process. So that's why I'm asking. Our specialty is really the guest experience. We've stayed at around yes. 200 glamping camps and boutique hotels around the world. So we can speak from experience to what works and what doesn't. And 10 years later, what is that thing about that safari camp and the Masai Mara that still sticks with us? Because I think if you can touch people and do something a little different to make them feel special, they'll remember you forever. So that's the thing that we're drawing a, a pretty large base of knowledge and experience that we like to apply that and then share with the industry because we're really more of a consumer-facing brand. We just want to show honey. Our, our Honey Trek friends and fans that like how awesome glamping is. But when we start speaking to the glamping association at the glamping show, it's more about what have we learned and what can we share to pass on to make these glamping camps even better. And then another few ways that like we work with David and Ruben and just people across the glamping space 
is as journalists, like there are, there's a lot of glamping camp owners. There's a lot of product manufacturers, a few people who occasionally write about glamping, but that's our beat. So we're journalists in this space. We go and review properties. We run for glamping.com. We write for glamping business, a regular column with that. And so from the journalistic and then you mentioned consulting, we webbing camps to help them elevate their experience. Third way, which again, I think one of the few people who do this is to help promote and market these glamping camps. I already mentioned like our audience, 350 followers, we'll leverage that and our social media story to glamping camps or test their products and promote that to our audience. Our photography, help them with storytelling. Uh, and it's been really, really fun. We've helped camps who literally are just buying land and thinking what this could be that are established for a year and they're just fine tuning. Been ran for 10 years today and promote them to our audience. And so that's, those are big ways to work with the Glenn community. Sounds fabulous. Dream job. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a, a needed service as, especially as the industry continues to grow. So super excited that you guys are a part of that and here to help us. Excited to see where the future goes for this whole glamping thing because i feel like the sky's the limit and i feel like we're just we're way down here right. uh, and we're going to be way up here very quickly and it's going to be thanks to people like you to, to ruben to david to all the other people to edward to all the other people who are involved in this industry hundreds and hundreds of people as we continue to grow so uh, i'm going to put you on the spot here and i'm going to ask you not don't tell me that the top three best places you've been because best is subjective depending on what you want to experience for whatever tell me three places that are really unique that stand out to you remembering it forever right that you just were really impressed by i'll go with a recent a very recent example we stayed there last week so that's fresh and this is a really beautiful story we're in montana on flathead lake the flat reservation we this was a native american piece of the, the piece of land that they had was within their family for hundreds of years and they always thought about sharing that land because it's all being developed on them they said no we're going to keep this, this pure land and share our experience the teepees are being popped up everywhere but culturally the plains indians and that part of the world use teepees so that really cool we stayed in a teepee they do a traditional storytelling at the end of the night and really felt like something they weren't trying to overdo it the accommodations were still pretty simple but they were with the style of of quilt learning about that in context of something was really special give uh, a second one i don't know if we need to do three but i'll give a second one uh which still resonates with us even there probably four years ago the place called willow farms which is Washington Day, right? And target women would just all piece of land they knew forested and bring animals back to that land. So they bought this huge farm, which I think was like 70 acres more. And they reforested it, a lots of history on it, and it's like pretty simple. Link 10 with outdoor showers and they'll get us to do goat trekking or just vegetables and see how a farm is really run. You can, I think, a great place to go see where they're food from. And that they just let us be a part of their world for a little bit. She was milking goats that morning. And but for us to join her and see done and chat, so what they might think is a mundane day is something so cool. Could access. So I think a lot about access. That is more 
the fanciness it's like so i don't know if it's just me but you're breaking up still just a little bit like could you say the name of that resort one more time that you were talking about i think you broke up oh shame do we lose them again okay yeah that's all right we're gonna have just Kara. i think we're gonna need to do like a show when Mike and making a better connection, just with them talking about yeah. their different glamping experiences, share some That's of their photos, right. unique opportunities, the vast amount of knowledge that they have. Yeah. Uh, traveling to all these different properties, writing the books, uh, talking to the consumers. And then she, like her and Mike are both saying from a customer service aspect too, is just a phenomenal valuable resource. So hopefully they'll come Absolutely. back on with us when they have a little bit better internet connection. So. Uh, what do we miss, Kara? What else? There's 10,000 questions I feel like I could ask everybody on the show. Yeah, I I definitely, we're running short on time again. So I just wanted to find out from David where we can uh, send folks who are able and, and interested in attending attending the show in October. Where can they go sign up to do that? I was so afraid you would go show. US. If you want to go just to the expo part of things, it's free of charge. Just pre register. You show up on the sold, we'll actually charge you some money. So just pre register, it's easy. It's free. If you want to go to the conference program, it isn't free, but it's pretty affordable. With all the registration information, all the instructions, everything you need to know, the exhibitor list, conference schedule, hotels, level hotel, everything is on the website. All welding show, don't be Okay. I'm sharing that again here, just uh, so folks can see where that is, glampingshow.us. Website looks great. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is a great show. Like, I'm sure, again, I, I'm not going to be there this year, but I was there in 2019, and, and obviously it's on a much larger scale, as Davis has already covered. But uh, just the amount of networking, the sitting down, the having coffee at those little tables, and I'm sure are going to be the same way. But the exhibitor hall in the outdoor space specifically, the ability to go into these places that are actually set up. Yes, they're not on a beach in Bermuda, but David's working on that. Uh, but they are in Colorado, which is still a beautiful setting, just like yeah. we were showing the mountains here and, and just an amazing place there. And so if you have an opportunity to go and just walk through these tents, it's just, it's an amazing experience to see. Yeah, I absolutely, I wish I could be there this year, but 2022 is my year. Yay, yeah. I can't wait. We're, we're definitely going to work on it. Ruben, I want to hear from you about the American Glamping Association specifically, and I know we've talked about it, but for the people who are in our audience, which is mostly comprised of campground, RV park owners, suppliers, things like that, how do we, and this is, yes, a self-serving answer too, because I want to be a member, but how do we become members <laughs> of the American Glamping Association? How do we join? What's involved with it? What are some of the benefits you get besides what you talked about, a broader association feel, but what are the bullet point lists of, of things we can expect and how do you join? Yeah. Or if you just Google American Glamping Association or AmericanGlampingAssociation.net, you'll find us and it takes two minutes to become a member. Very simple. And for campground RV park owners, we're, we have quite a few growing. It's not only growing, but a, a solid base within that segment in the outdoor industry, this space is lower ways to differentiate their property you know, and ways to maybe they own several different RV parks and look at different products to it. And so we know this space well, and we're here to help them along their way and along their journey in any way, shape or form. So we honestly serve anybody and everybody in this space and, and are excited about have to 
plug in and, and look at them online and we'll be able to help you out if you become a member. And then tell people how they can participate in your weekly call. Now we don't want, we want people to participate in your call, but if you're going to have it at the same time as our show, I feel like my heart is torn <laughs> in both different directions here, but tell them how they can join your call and get some information for that on a weekly basis. Yeah. Once people become a member, they have access to our internal communication channel. So members 24 seven us and other members to crowdsource information, post updates about their organization find information about kind of anything and a lot of our operators are obviously all busy during the day and can't make every conversation that we do record them and just post them in our journal communication channel as well. So people can, whether you're an existing member, go back and watch it or a brand new member, you can go back and watch every single speaker that we've ever had. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a great resource. And then David, real quick, before I forget, touch on Glamping Business America's, all right, Glamping Business America's magazine. Tell us briefly about that. Sure. It's a lot of what we did with the virtual world last year. We found that there were a lot of people who just physically couldn't get to Colorado. We still have an interest in what we were doing. So we launched the magazine back in February. We should have before up as the show issue. We're actually going to purchase a thousand copies and bring them to Colorado with us. So people have a, a real magazine and directory for the show to find the most content of all our regular contributors. We have several regular contributors, uh, new contributors every quarter, it's four times a year. Uh, subscriptions are free. You can subscribe on the same website or go to the show that we're also up on the obligation bar on top. It says magazine. You can read previous issues and subscribe. We have over 4,000 people subscribing so far, about 3,000 here in the States, a little over 300 in Canada, a little over 5,000 in Latin America, and we almost probably 5,200 in every place else. So people in the East and Asia and Africa and all of them helping down, we're also subscribing. So content for the business person always will go to the schools, how-to tips, advice, lessons learned, suggestions, Keep an eye on things with rubble help business model. It's not designed as a consumer magazine. It's designed for trade professionals to try and perform between shows and we want to bulls and bring Awesome. Thank you so much, David. And then Edward, briefly tell us with the ward, logistically speaking, we have Modern Campground. It's a global audience. We're growing our, our viewership in Europe and all those kinds of places, or readership, I should say. But disproportionately, we have more North American park owners and operators who watch us read us right now. So tell us, what are the logistics involved with someone who wanted to get one of these sustainable glamping products that your different manufacturers offer? What, how do they go about doing that if they're located either stateside or in Canada? So the easiest way is to contact us straight away. We do carry inventory here in Canada. And sometimes it doesn't make sense for us for it to go from the Netherlands to Canada across the border into the States because of all the rules involved. So more often than not, we would just ship them directly from the Netherlands to the States. However, if you're in Canada, we do hold inventory. The lead times and such at the moment, I don't think it matters which manufacturer you talk to. The lead times, are they're long at the moment. Shipping and the prices of commodity, getting hold of things to build your resort, your new venture is taking longer than ever. So you, no matter which manufacturer you're talking to, I recommend you start talking to them soon. We have lead times at the moment. Some of them are as long as five months. 
So if you're looking to get something up for next spring and really hit the ground running, it's something that you probably need to be looking into sooner rather than later, regardless of who you choose to deal with. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Edward, for being on the show. Do we have Mike and Ann back? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I thought I just saw him pop up, but that's okay. Yeah, but we will get Mike and Ann's contact information. I think they, they probably have, obviously you can follow them they on social are, media. It's probably... Yeah, they are at Honeytrek on social media. So their Instagram account is fabulous to follow. They've got all kinds of great fun content there. They, I know they're on LinkedIn under, under the same at Honeytrek. So yeah, follow them, go follow them, check them out, yeah. have them come visit your parks. <laughs> yeah. And like we said, we'll try to get them on another show later on uh, because I do really want to deep dive into some of the, the valuable things that they can offer people. Like they were talking about the cut customer service, the consultation, stuff like that. And, and have them maybe share some photos and stuff like that with our audience. Kira, is there anything we missed before we wrap up the show? I know we're about out of time. Yeah, no, I think that's everything. I was really excited for this show. I can't wait to have the, have the event goes, David. Yeah. We're doing some follow-up there. And 2022, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I've said that last year. Cross your fingers. Yeah. We're just going to sneak somewhere. Can we say that live on the show? Can we just say we're going to sneak across the border? Because oh, I feel like Biden's probably not watching, but maybe, I don't know. They're all, uh, always watching, Brian. They're always they're watching always everywhere. Watch. It'll just be misdirection then. So I'll, we'll say live on the show which way we're going in, and then they'll all like swarm to that area, and we'll go to the other side, have a clear path. But anyway, uh, looking forward to 2022, definitely. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to 2022. To be back together with all of you guys, Ruben, I definitely want to meet you face-to-face -face, uh, as soon as I can, but would love to have further conversations with you again about how we personally, from Modern Campground, from Insider Perks, can join your glamping association and support that, but also how we can just work together and maybe give you an even greater voice than you already have because we feel like you're doing some really great things in the industry uh, as well. Thank you to everybody for joining us, to David, to Ruben, to Edward, to, to Kara for being here as always, Daryl for being here as always. I think that's all we have for this week. Next week, we Thanks are, so I think we're going to do a show on outdoorsy. Outdoorsy. So working we'll have Danielle. <laughs> okay, perfect. So uh, looking for, and what are some of the things we're going to talk about, Kara, just very briefly? I know we're over. I'd really love to just touch on the peer-to-peer -peer market and uh, their, the, the ways they're working with campgrounds and operators to just expand access to the RV camping lifestyle to folks who maybe are older and expose the camping lifestyle to more folks out there in, in the world and uh, show them how amazing it is get them in our campgrounds and our glamping spaces and see what what those spots have to offer awesome definitely looking forward to that well, thank you guys again for joining us really appreciate it thank everybody for watching another episode of mc fireside chats we'll see you next week with outdoorsy until then have a great one Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com.